Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, and I have a super, super treat in store for you guys today, because my guest is an author, he is a public speaker, he's an entrepreneurship trainer and sales coach, and he is the head concierge over at Apex Entourage. Please welcome the show, Robert Nelson. Robert, welcome. So happy to be here, Sam. Thank Man. you for having me. I'm overjoyed to have you, Robert. You've probably got one of the more interesting stories of all the guys in the uh, in the apex network but you are you're the concierge over there right so so what what is it you actually do right now nothing you know that's just, <laughs> that's the name they gave me here whatever we don't want to do something we're giving it to you now no actually uh you know i've been with ryan for years but mm -hmm. as the concierge we have a lot of people in our organization as you know we have three different tiers in the organization maybe a thousand people in the entourage a couple of uh, 300 people in entrepreneurs and a couple of 300 people in executives. Mm -hmm. But what generally happens is that the people who are engaged, that have direct coaching, that have assistance hands-on, they get a lot more done. So we got yeah. a lot of people who are in our entourage organization, and it kind of came about as a result of Ryan creating a digital product of his interactions one-on-one -on -one with his direct coaching clients. Mm -hmm. People wanted to have access to that, but they didn't, couldn't afford to pay twenty five hundred thousand to come to the table. Right. So right. they joined the entourage and they got the digital product. So as the concierge, my responsibility is that when they need something and they don't know where to go to get it, they don't know who to get connected with, that they reach out to me. I, I give them some protocols as to how we do it. But we have a system in our office, man, where in essence, if I can't answer the question or I don't have the resource, we just click it up in our office and I'll ask Ryan, Druby, Thomas, I'll ask you, right? <laughs> ask somebody in the network like, dude, this is what this person yeah. needs. How do we make this happen for them? And that's my responsibility. Oh, man, we I like that. are here to help them win, period. I like that. You're like Santa Claus. You go around, <laughs> you make a list, you, you help them get their <laughs> presents, man. I like that. But that's like, it. you know, tell us a little bit about how you got into this role because when i look at your bio i mean now you're, you're generally known as a, as a problem solver and as a fixer but as i look at your bio and you've got author and speaker and and, and trainer on there tell me a little bit about that journey and uh, i well, want to know about the the stuff you've written as well yeah in fact uh the, i had the opportunity to co-author a book with Ogmandino, who is mm -hmm. the author of the greatest salesman in the world probably one of the best selling books ever written on the subject of sales and the way that that happened was kind of odd. And it relates to kind of what I do here. Uh, as you know, I'm heading up the Young Entrepreneurs Initiative. Yeah. And what happened to me is that in I'm from Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe when I was in my 20s and started to become conscious and realizing that I need to do something other with my life other than sit around and do nothing. Well, what were you doing? What were you doing in your 20s? In my 20s, chasing girls, man, just, <laughs> you know, kicking it in the streets and just, just. I'm living in the ghetto, man. I'm on the west side of Chicago. Just staying alive was an accomplishment, right? Mm -hmm. so, no, I, I got you. <laughs> but uh, I noticed that um, when I really started looking at my community, I noticed that a lot of the young people were out here making a living selling drugs on the street. Mm -hmm. And I personally had a cousin that was like, uh, I guess, New Jack City, kind of Wesley Snipes. He had, he had a whole office industry 
employees, staff, marketing. So he was running a major organization on the west side of Chicago, but he was distributing the dope. And I went to him one day, I said, dude, you gotta, we gotta do something different because this is killing us. Mm-hmm. And he asked me this question, which started my journey. He said, what else am I going to do? Amen. I mean, you know, when, when you look at it like that and you've got kids uh, in low income Chicago, it's the easiest product to get a hold of to sell to start your own business. Yeah, there's a huge marketplace for it. You don't, you don't have to be a great marketer to sell drugs, you know? Yeah. You kids yeah. want some drugs? See? Yeah, right. Um, so I guess that started my journey because at the, at the time, even though I looked at the situation, I'm like, okay, they need to sell something different, but I didn't know how to sell. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I was oblivious. I've been working at the post office. So I actually went out and hired my first coach. Well, uh, my mentor actually was Paul J. Meyer out of Waco, Texas. And Paul J. Meyer was a billionaire. And mm-hmm. one of the things that he taught me, Paul built an organization called Success Motivation Institute. And one of the things that he taught me was sticks in my mind until this day. He said that space repetition is the mother of skill. And the reason he was able to build such a magnificent empire is because he went into corporations and companies to try to help them, their salespeople, their management teams, change their behaviors and improve production. Break that so, down for me a second before you go too far into that. Space mm-hmm. recognition? Break, space down that, yeah, break down that for us. Space repetition is the mother of skill. What mm-hmm. most people don't think about is that 90% of the activity that goes on to keep them alive on a daily basis is not handled by the conscious mind. It's handled by the subconscious mind. That's the truth, yeah. We have a tendency to say, okay, well, a subconscious mind handles us while we sleep. We get up in the morning like, okay, I got this. I'm going to take the wheel. I'm going to handle this myself. But their behaviors are not set in the direction that's taking them to where they need to go. Okay. So what Paul Meyer taught is that if you want to instill a behavior, you have to repeat it over and over until you build the kind of muscle memory that it becomes automatic. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Transform your experience, right? Mm -hmm. So what he did that was different from many other trainers, he didn't just go in and do a seminar. He would leave them with a cassette tape. I mean, you you might be old enough to remember what cassette tape. I do. I I remember cassette tapes, yeah. Yeah. Leave them with these cassette tapes. And he would give them the ED. He said, make your people listen to this over and over again until it changes their behavior. So that, to me, was one of the first epiphanies that really caused me to think. And when I was at his office one day, he had these scrolls along the wall, these 10 ancient scrolls. And I asked him, what is, what is this? And that's when he introduced me to Og Mandino's work. So Og had 10 scrolls or 10 fundamental principles mm-hmm. that people were to repeat consistently until they ingrained them within their consciousness. So it became a part of their life, their behavior, their personality. So I took those practices and I said, dude, this stuff is powerful. It actually transformed my life. I started to become effective in selling. I became the top salesperson in my company nationwide because I changed some behaviors. And I reached out to the publisher and said, man, I want to teach this to young kids because it wasn't about tactics, it wasn't about concepts or psychologies of sales. It was basic fundamental principles to live by. Simple. I, so have, he, I have just I've just Googled them so uh, I can save them in my computer for after this interview because yeah, I really want to yeah. go... Uh, I really want to go lean into this. Um, so that, Dude, that's what the I, clicking was. Please, please continue though. I'm, I'm enthralled so I by this. Was, I asked the publisher, I said, can I use this content to teach these young people these principles? Because I wanted to help these young people learn how to sell something more productive, right? Of course, yeah. He said, well, perhaps you can do that, but I need you to do something for me first. So he had me write a forward for one of Og's books. And once I wrote the forward for Og's book, he said, well, 
you seem to have some talent, so I want you to write a manuscript. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, retain you to write a manuscript. So I wrote The Greatest Sales Training in the World. You can find it on Amazon, The Greatest wow. Sales Training in the World. And when I wrote this book, it's more like a commentary on Og's principles, mm-hmm. explaining and breaking down in practical terms. How do you take this concept and apply it in a real life situation? Uh, but one of the greatest things about that opportunity is that when I wrote that book, Og had just passed away when I published that book. Mm-hmm. And 10 of the top sales and management training experts in the world gave me contributions to that book because of Og's legacy and his impact. Tony Robbins, Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, you know, the list goes on. Oh, Joe that's, a that's just a who's who, isn't it? Yeah. So, because they recognize, uh, matter of fact, Jim Rowan wrote the back cover. They recognize these principles of what they use to create the impact that they were creating. Right, right. That same concept is right now what we do, as you know, by living this GCO life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're building new habits, man. It works, dude. It works. It's, it's true. I mean, so. How does that translate then into uh, into kits? Tell me a little bit about what you're planning to do with this. So what I did was, and uh, well, I'm glad you said that because I want to give you part of a backstory. Yeah, where I became successful, and I'm I'm the top salesperson in my game. This is when I met Ryan Student. Now, what were you selling at that point? I was selling furniture, man. I was selling furniture, and one day, you know, I hired Ryan to coach me, and I said, Ryan, I don't understand this social media, digital marketing thing. I need some help. And I say, I'm selling furniture. Can you show me how to, you know, enhance it, bring those tools to the table? So he called me down to his office. Now, Ryan is a clever dude, man. He <laughs> called me to his office and said, come down here. We're going to take, create a funnel, take it apart for you, show you how it works. Mm-hmm. He recorded the session where he worked with me on a funnel for furniture. Mm-hmm. And he put it into the funnel closer program. So this dude was creating content to market while he's trading me, right? As he said, so, I mean, that, that's the smart thing to do. It's brilliant. It's know? brilliant. So what it, what ultimately started happening is that I spent so much time. Well, I was only selling furniture on the weekends, but I became complacent, man. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm making all the money I need to make. I'm the top of my game. And, you know, but the thought was the people I'm communicating with, I can't identify with some of them. I That's, can't have a conversation yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. I need to get around people who are the top of their game mm-hmm. so we can have some more engaging conversations. And that's how I started coming around this Apex family. Well, before it was Apex, it was uh, the entourage push to excellence. Push to tribe, excellence, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was here then and Ryan offered me a job. And as I started working for him and I started seeing the transformation that he was bringing about in the lives of these people who were professional people. You know, I'm, we in a room with maybe 10, 15 people at a time. And I could see they would come in in the morning, nine o'clock. And before they would leave it that evening, he would make the cash register ring using mm-hmm. these strategies that he was teaching them. So I'm like, dude, this is heavy. And I'm, my thought was, I need to make sure I get this information to these young ones because the world has shifted. I saw probably maybe eight years ago that the consumer market, it changes the way they do business. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just belly to belly sale. I was a belly to belly sale. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if the market is changing, and if I'm going to be able to impart something of value to this next generation, it must include this component, because this is the trend of the future. Absolutely. Plus, most yeah. of them grew up with this technology. So they're adapted at it, but they don't know how to use it as it relates to business, because nobody's having that conversation with them. Well, the thing is, you know, that the guys like us, are we're on the cutting edge of it. Now, we're not 
at the cutting edge of it, but we surround ourselves with people that are, and we go to get that understanding of it, and we implement it in our businesses. But nobody that is teaching in high schools, for example, nobody that's mentoring the next crop of young business owners has access to the information um, and the sales tactics that we do. And so I feel like an overwhelming obligation to share this with, with youth, with younger kids and with teenagers. And it's just how do you get it in front of them when the people writing the high school curriculum haven't even thought to adapt it properly yet for, for what's happening on the internet because things smartphones have only existed for 15 years mm. and now 95% of our initial interactions with anybody occur over a smartphone mm. you know and and how can schools keep up with that you know I actually went and did a presentation before the school board so I taught all the high schools in the Fort Worth Independent School District in my area and what I did was I went and spoke before the school board and told them that they had an obligation to make sure that our young people get access to this kind of information. That's the now, truth, man. Absolutely. So that they can do, but as a parent, you know, yeah. I mean, I have children. My children were not in high school when I had this conversation, but I've had times when I have this, had to speak up for my children. Like, dude, y'all not just in the railroad with my kids. and just <laughs> the many old thing. This is my kids. But the thought is, if they don't see it, maybe it's the responsibility of those who do see it to do something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, I, could, I couldn't agree I more. On myself, man. Like, you know, I'm not going to wait for you to make this happen. And if you don't make it happen, what am I going to do? Get, get upset. No, I'm gonna, these are my kids. These are our children. This is right. our next generation. It's our responsibility to make sure that they get it. And we have a network of so many different powerful, creative, talented, and influential people. And I have been seeing several mastermind organizations. Mm -hmm. Seldom have I seen one with the kind of reach, connection, and influence as this apex community, because the people that are in here, not only are they winning, they represent what winning looks like at all times, but they also are loving in terms of willing to give, trying to help, helping each other. So my statement to Ryan was, you know, I've been talking to Ryan for uh, five years saying, dude, we got to teach these kids. <laughs> That's not really his forte. But one day there was a young guy, he's 12 years old. His name is Jace. Jace did a report in class talking about somebody that he looked up to, wanted to be like when he grew up, and it was Ryan Stuman. Ryan was so emotionally touched by the report, he like, dude, this, don't tell nobody I cried, right? <laughs> All right, shh. <laughs> don't tell nobody. But he said, he said, I said, man, we gotta do something about this. He said, well, as long as it doesn't require me to do a whole bunch, because my plate is full, I'm doing a thousand and one things, mm -hmm. make it happen. And that's when we started coordinating to do an Apex Youth scenario to bring young people to the table, expose them to these concepts, to these relationships, and start plugging them in because we really need that next generation to be groomed and prepared to take the baton of responsibility as we move forward. Hey Amen. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Like uh, I, we've we've got a healthy mix of employees, but I like looking at the seventeen and eighteen year old kids that are moving from high school to college and looking for places to intern and looking to learn and grow. I I feel like I'm doing a, a service when I work mm -hmm. with those guys. And even though they, they end up you know as employees and we pay them, it feels like I'm giving something back to have them yeah. in there. So what's the what's the blueprint? You got you got anything you can share with us on, on what what we're gonna be looking at? Is it is it gonna be older teenagers? Is it gonna be something that uh, 
that because I've got two sons, uh, one is mm-hmm. eight and one is ten, and I've told them both that they can uh, they can quit school when mm-hmm. their businesses um, do over a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, um, <laughs> and their their mom is is on board with this, and I I. I don't necessarily believe school is the right kind of education, um, but I believe in continuing education from from now until till the day I pass away. I'll always be trying to learn something. Yeah. So education is supremely important. Um, don't don't think wrong. I'm going to let my qu- kids quit school like mm. unfounded, but they want to become entrepreneurs. They they I mean Williams Williams in the office right now uh, mm. work, working on stuff. And you know what what kind of um, what kind of age range is this, uh, is this, is this youth program going to mentor to? Well, we cater into ages 13 to 25 for the okay. most part. Yeah. I need to speak to something that you just mentioned because there's something that's a, a misconception that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Education is not necessarily the framework of the institutions that are right now catering to our kids' needs. Absolutely. Education, the word education means to induce or to draw from within. Many of our institutions that are right now positioned as educational institutions are more informational institutions, which means they place an information in the side, mm-hmm. inside of the heads of the children and asking them to regurgitate it properly. And if they don't, they get a bad score. They're not helping to draw out the infinite wisdom that's already in our children. So it's like a misconception that people have about this whole process of education. Uh, one of the things that I see is that as children start developing their own personalities, they identify areas of interest that they are a pro- pro- have a proclivity toward, right? Yes, yes. I.e., as an example, many of the people in our organization that are older, that are not as uh, technologically savvy, sometimes they feel challenged interacting with social media, digital marketing, and they get frustrated. But imagine this, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosos, mm-hmm. who are the most influential people on the planet, do you know that their digital marketing social media team are kids? I did not. Young people, college students, man. So they're, they're people, these kids have a skill set and ability that's being overlooked. We're oh, not really capitalizing on it. You wouldn't believe. I mean, my mine just he he just left this last week. My my uh my my I don't know what I want to call him, my social media kid. Like mm-hmm. I've I've got a media company, so there's there's other people that do that stuff, but it was his sole focus. Um, and he graduated and, and moved across the country. So, you know, I, I didn't want to lose him, but it's, it's, it's really, as a business owner that deals with college kids, it's your job to nurture them. And then when they're ready, push them on and out mm-hmm. into life. It's, it's okay that he's left. Um, but, like, feel like, I feel like, you know, I'm part of a generation of monkeys um, and that we use tools and that we swing in the trees and everything else. And these kids that are 25, 28 and below, they're like a generation of fish. And they're born into this internet world and they just swim in it. And the tide is rising and the monkeys are getting forced out. We're going to drown and we're going to lose to a world full of fish. Like, cause these kids, my kids swim in that technology. So all my TikTok videos, 
And then mm. we have a TikTok account. I don't have it on my phone. You know, right. it's, probably, it's probably at Small Business Surgeon. But all right. the TikTok videos, all the Instagram posts, the Instagram stories, all that kind of stuff for me is handled by my younger kids because they can swim through that technology. Whereas I'm just there like a monkey with a stick trying to poke at my phone, trying to figure it out. And that's just on, dude, that's a 15 year age gap. And they just, that's, they crush it. That's amazing. But you see, the fact that you see that, that is what I call a, a field for disruption mm -hmm. because there's opportunity here as uh, adults or monkeys, as you refer to it, we have a symbiotic relationship that we can forge mm -hmm. because while they have this great skill set, almost innate ability to navigate those technological spaces, dude, we have experiential knowledge. Oh, we have the wisdom, yeah. From the yeah. business origin perspective that you can impart, that can really equip them with a know-how that they don't possess, mm -hmm. but they definitely need in order to be able to navigate this business world that we live in, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship that if we marry the two, everyone benefits. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, I mean, like, and you know, my, my last 10 years have been spent in online marketing and in building websites and running traffic and, and all the digital arena. And I'm about one of the most experienced 41-year-olds I know in it. And yet, when I get around the 25-year-olds, I feel completely lost. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing, it's amazing. The, the, the distance that these guys are putting between us and them. And, and yeah, you're right. We, we need to focus on coaching them with the business fundamentals and, and let them run wild with the tech, dude. Because like, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable how quickly. Yeah. Again, it's, it's like a fish swimming. And you see how easily a fish swims, and then you, you watch a monkey swim, and you're like, right, he doesn't belong in there. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's how it feels. It feels like the floodwaters are coming up. And uh, I, honestly, you know, within, within another 15 years, I'll probably be technologically retarded enough to where the kids have just passed me by completely. And, you know, the reality is that the growth, the intellectual growth rate of a human species is going to be exponentially growing more mm -hmm. rapidly than ever in the history of mankind. And how do you, we, how do you feel about that? Dude, I, I'm excited about it because it's, I'm looking forward to seeing the advancements that's going to come into play that create a greater enhancement for the human species and journey, the mm -hmm. experience. But the thought is that knowing that these things are happening at such a rapid clip and it's just escalating, yeah. mm -hmm. we got to get out in front of it and make sure that, okay, by the time this crew, this generation learns the pieces that they need to learn. We've already missed the point. So we got to start them young. We got to get in front of it, man. We got to yeah. get in front of it and show them not only about doing the business and handling the technology, but understanding the contribution to humanity, mm -hmm. this planet and the species. There's a lot of other aspects. Right now, a lot more socialpreneurship is happening among young people. Yeah. They're becoming more conscious of the need to be ecologically conscious of the need to be socially conscious. And many of them are developing nonprofit philanthropic initiatives at a young age. I know, it's, it's yeah. incredible. And the, the, the one thing that I really, I'm pinning some hope on for the future is that you know, now we've got the ability to communicate relatively instantly with one another across the globe, is that we, you know, I, I don't wanna talk about tinfoil hats and conspiracies, but we can see one power structure kind of just being eroded and being able to be replaced with something that's a little bit newer and a little bit better thought out, a little bit better thinking, whereas um, they're putting society first and they're putting 
you know, it's it's not so much all the wealth runs up. Right. Um, pe people are starting to figure out that, and and me especially, like stop chasing dollars and start chasing impact start chasing mm -hmm. people start chasing relationships and i think as more and more people figure that out we're going to see a change in the business landscape dude i, I will agree 150 percent in fact <laughs> one of the things that i've seen evolve in this apex community is the fact that the people that are a part of the community the primary objective the number one focus is not just making money and doing a transaction mm -hmm. it's relationships this Social capital is more valuable than physical capital. Amen. Because Amen. these relationships are opening up avenues and opportunities, creating entire industries, not only just businesses, but industries that are all, some of which are branching off from existing niches that are new, completely new industries. And what I've seen is that as these people in the organization, because as you know, they move up these tiers in the organization. Yeah. They get to a place where, you know, as executives, you guys, you don't really have to work if you don't want to work. But <laughs> I still do. I still do. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Still, I know. It's in your DNA, right? <laughs> no. But the thought is you get the opportunity to do a work of passion instead of just a work of necessity. What you're doing right here is not because you need to do this. Correct. It's because you choose I, to do this. I right? want to do this. Yeah. And you see a need that exists in the market and you're contributing the value that you have from your experience over the years and with some of the guests that you have on your show. And I've listened to some of your guests. Dude, you guys are contributing great worth to humanity. And as are you. Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before we get too far lost and while we're still on the subject of, of the future, uh, Neuralink. Are you in or are you out? Neuralink. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> No, I'm going to pause on the Neuralink for right now. I, I, I totally want in, but I'm scared to press the button. What if there's no way out once you go in? Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited for the, um, the, the, I guess, symbiosis, the right word that can come yeah. between humanity yeah. and machines. Yeah. I'm super yeah. excited for it, but I don't know whether to, I don't know whether to press that button or not. I'm, I, I want well, somebody else to go first. I'm going to tell you one of the things that I have learned and, mm -hmm. uh, and that is so much of humanity has access to a link that's not connected directly to the technology that they don't even use. And this is a link of infinite intellectual capacity. Infinite. Let's go there. Yeah, let's go there. The Akashic records. Say that one more time. The Akashic records. Tell me about that. Akash is a record of all existence of all humanity's experience, not just in this solar system, but intergalactic experience. It's just like when I get on the phone with you, uh, we're on this call, mm -hmm. you're somewhere else, but we're having a conversation in real time. Do you think that our limited intellect, we can devise the technology that's more sophisticated than the intelligence that's been here for billions of years? I don't believe so. How, do we, tap in, how do we tap into that? Tell you how you tap into that. Let's go. Many people like uh, Dr. Brian Harley, who is mm. uh, a Reiki master, understand how to utilize the power of meditation to get into a, a, a space where you can transcend just your physical presence and actually tap into and hear the transmissions from higher sources. Dude, I can get online without a computer. 
Well, now I'm gonna have to look into that. <laughs> Akashic Records, man, check it out. This is real. It all right, exists. All right. Some people do it by accident. Some people do it deliberately. But how do, you, how do you how do you spell it? Uh, I don't know. Let me find out. Because <laughs> I, I want everybody okay. to look at this. Akashic. I've you know I've. I've kind of heard talk of it, but I've never touched it. And you know what? We're deep enough into the episode where we can take a take a quick time out and look at what this is because it fascinates me. It's um, spelled it's spelled A K A S H I C. All right. So we'll put. I'm going to Google this later on, and we'll put it in the show notes for for the guys. One of the one of the uh, strongest proponents of this is Nikolai Tesla. That that's another guy that that is super. He was super tapped smart. in and turned on. He was getting information from outside sources. Man, this is real. Hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to look into how to tune into this because it it would be it would be something um pretty amazing to be able to access this kind of stuff. Um, we know that vibration and frequency are the the secrets to the all of the universe. Yeah. And then there's that three six nine thing, and then there's the perfect circle that keeps repeating, and all that. You know, there's a whole lot of principles that I don't think we understand. Um, so, have you had any experience with this? Because you know, I've seen, I've seen people that do recce, and you know, honestly, from my previous life, um, recce just seemed like a bunch of crystal bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, now. Knowing now what I know, and you know, over the last couple of years, discovering uh, the way I live now, um, I'd be a little bit more open to exploring what that actually was. But you know, when <laughs> when you were raised the way I was, and you, you think the way I thought, anything with crystals in and all that other stuff—that was just what the weird girls in high school did. <laughs> you know? mm. So tell me a little bit about it, man. Well, I will tell you this. I've actually had an encounter. You know, I've had an encounter where I was given some information that's outside the scope of my personal knowledge, right? Uh, there are times when you can have a dream and many people accomplish things from dreams that they experience because they're able to interpret the message from the dream and translate it into something in this physical reality that's above and beyond what they're accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So in my experience, I had, I had a dream. And in this dream, I met a man or an entity that had some secrets that he shared with me, right? So what he did was this, and I've, I've rarely shared this, but I'm gonna share it with you because I, I hear you asking the question. He said, uh, he was explaining to me how you create any outcome that you want, anything you want to achieve in life, right? Mm -hmm. Cause and effect. And he, as he was explaining it, you know, it was interesting. So I started to look for something to write it down. However, he never paused or hesitated, even though he saw me looking for something to write it down. And then He's paused and he said, okay, now I'm gonna show you how this works. And he walked over into the corner of a room where there were mobiles, like in the science lab where you mm -hmm. see planets hanging from the ceiling. It was a mobile hanging from the ceiling, right? And he was standing probably about 50 feet away from it. And then he said, now I'm gonna show you how this works. And it's almost as if he blew and it moved, right? It moved. And then he turned to me. And when he turned to me, he said, now you do it. What was so amazing about this phenomenon is that when he said this, not only was I amazed that he asked me the question, but I was amazed that based on what he had just told me, I believed I could do it. So this is what I did. I went and stood in the same place that he was standing. And then I opened my mouth and it was as if a living entity came out of my mouth whose sole purpose for existing was to accomplish what was in my mind. And once it shifted it in the way I wanted it to go, it vanished. And then he turned to me and he said, now you understand. 
Now, what was amazing about this is that even though it was impactful to me, when I woke up, I could not remember the dream until probably about four, three years later, I overheard a story about Daniel who had the responsibility to tell King Nebuchadnezzar his dream that the king had forgot. He said, not only interpret the dream, but I had forgotten the dream. So you got to get the dream and give me the interpretation of the dream. Right. So when I heard this story, it, it dawned on me. I'm like, you know what? If Daniel can get a dream that somebody else forgotten, surely I can get a dream that I have forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question. Now, this is when communication comes in. I asked the question in faith. I asked the question. Almost, I laughed out loud. I'm like, dude, I'm about to hear this. When I asked the question that very same day, a friend of mine had shared some information with me. And when I took it home and started to listen to it, he started to explain that humans have the power of life and death, and they're creating outcomes by their intention and their communications, even though they don't know it. Many times we're creating outcomes that we don't want because our mind is on the wrong thing and our mouth is declaring the wrong thing. So when I started to understand that and started to apply it in my own life experience, I started to get more intuitive insights. I started to make myself more receptive to say, okay, I'm gonna ask a question because I know there's an infinite intelligence that's greater than me that can give me the answer if I sit still enough to listen. That's crazy. It's crazy. You know, the 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 similarities there though between what, what I'm going through and really? the changes that I've seen in business by embracing that positive and manifesting the things I want and, and focusing on the things I want and and pushing out those negative thoughts and eliminating the people around me that were negative with it as well. And just by focusing on what I want and the positivity and how much impact I can bring to a, a situation, um, it is as though I'm speaking shit into existence. So, <laughs> you know... We, we we might be on different we, we might have different words for the uh, for the story and the effect there but i think what you're getting at is it's incredibly deep it's deeper than i'm qualified to go but i, I think there's a there's definitely a um, there's definitely a thread that attaches to to actual reality and mm-hmm. there is the ability within us to create absolutely anything we want mm-hmm. like like look at you with the with the group for the young entrepreneurs like mm. you didn't just say well this is negative there's no training for entrepreneurs you said how can i positively affect all these people and you spoke it into existence and and, and mm-hmm. here it is about to exist mm-hmm. you know and imagine the power and the impact they have because somewhere along the line they're gonna need guidance from people like yourself that can say okay because you have created the results right you're not you're not theorizing this stuff man <laughs> you know you have done these things right mm-hmm. they, they're gonna need not only to be a part of a community and have access to the opportunity that they're going to need from here, from an experiential level, from veterans like yourself, how these things are so, how do these things work? So one of the things that I asked many of the executives and some of the executives already uh, offered to come to the table, I said, you know, I want you to light the future or create a light for the future in this respect. Imagine if you were speaking to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self to help them navigate and avoid some of the pitfalls and some of the traps, some of the mistakes, some of the regrets mm-hmm. that you have experienced? Yeah. Not to say that they will always listen, but the point is, if you could reach out to your younger self and assist in this experience along this journey, you would do that. But what we don't realize is that when we reach out to our young, 
we're doing just that. Mm-hmm. This is us, dude. This, yeah. this is us. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the whole reason I, I built the Small Business Surgeon podcast um, was not about generating money at all. Uh, heaven knows we, we don't do that over here. Um, <laughs> what it's about was, you know, I went through so much as an entrepreneur when I first really became successful and um, lost all of that money through uh, not understanding what to do with it, um, not being a good steward of it, the weight gain, the alcoholism, Mm -hmm. all that shit that I went through. The the reason I have this podcast is because I went through that, I had it all, I lost it all, and you know, I've got most of it back again now. You know, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we by the by the end of this year, I'll mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be far surpassed where I was. Mm-hmm. But there was that time sitting on my buddy's couch, going, "Well, fuck, what do I do? It, mm-hmm. You know, do I do I just get a job? Do I give up? Do I?" And then you don't realize that every single successful self-made entrepreneur has at one point caught fire or blown up or <laughs> crashed mm-hmm. or burned or, or whatever mm-hmm. it's been. And the reason I make this podcast is so guys like you and I can talk to us, to ourselves from 15 years ago. And I'm imagining there's guys in their 20s and 30s listening to this that are just now getting their first taste of success and not understanding what to do with it and how to manage right. it. So that that's the entire reason I put this on. Dude, one of the things I want you to consider is this, uh, because you have, you're a very resilient man, right? You have a degree of fortitude and resiliency <laughs> that is uncommon, dude, for real. But the thought is many times people don't take into consideration that there are other people that are going or may confront some of the same circumstances that may not have the same level of resilience. Some of them just choose to check out. Suicide well, is mean, a uh, epidemic among young people. Some of them just decide, you know what? I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to be, even be here. So not only they'll hurt themselves or they'll hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's the bullying that takes place. Oftentimes, if we would just reach out, there are a lot of the ills that we could avert by just helping this person make it through that rough spot. And, and that, is, that is why I do it. Um, you know, I have a, uh, I have a group of business owners, and about six weeks after I started the group, one of the fellas, um, I didn't really know him, didn't know him well at all, but one of, one of the fellas took his own life in the group, and it made me really think on what I was doing and why I was doing it. It made me double down, again, on, on the podcast and on, on giving more out, because if, if I can prevent that happening again, then you know the whole thing's worthwhile. Um, but it, it is a very real thing. I mean, you call me resilient, dude, but I, I didn't have a choice, man. <laughs> you know, um, when there's this so because like when when my when my company collapsed, I was I was putting anywhere from you know forty to fifty grand a month in my pocket and having the best time ever, and there was money in the business and all, all this yeah. other good stuff going on, and my my career my my actual qualifications are in oil and gas law which Ooh. it caps out at about 150 180 a year and though you know you can go live on 150 a year very happily but 150 a year is very hard when you've broken that $50,000 a month barrier and you're just mm-hmm. flying along and you call it resilience but I, I don't think i had a choice man it was i i had tasted that and i needed it back again um, <laughs> and so that's why i did <laughs> Well, I'm glad you put it that way because you had an incentive. You were oh, incentivized. Yeah. You knew what it tasted like. You had you had the experience. But the I reality mean, is this. The reality, and, and this is 
This is profound. All we have is choice. Hmm. That's the only thing we really own, our choices. That's true. And, and, and like Rush said, you know, even if you don't, even if you decide not to do anything, you've still made that choice. You still really? chose not to handle it. For real? No, you're right, dude. Like, I wasn't expecting to get a, a lesson in prophecy from Robert today, but you're, you're killing it, man. You're like, you're like the, the, the deepest guest ever. Um, and and I, I, I love it. I love it. I'm, not, I'm really not sure where to take the conversation from here, mate. Well, I want to ask you a question. Sure, go for it. Based on, based on where you're at, and you know, I've seen part of your journey, man, it's, a, it's phenomenal. Like you talk about how you have gone through something, you had it all, you lost it all, you came back. And as you were sharing with me right before this podcast, that one of the things that the passion that drives you is because you've heard and seen the stories of several people who go through the same stuff. Yeah. And you make the decision like, well, let me see how I can create something where we can go in and help get this fixed. Like I asked about the name surgeon because you like mm. a doctor, dude. You like a doctor. Heal <laughs> it, folks. But in a whole different way, man. We, in terms I'm, of what you're doing now, yeah. uh, where do you see it going um, uh, with this? Because you are philanthropic mm. in your efforts. Bro, I, ne I never set out to become a, a consultant. Um, and, you know, I've got, I've got several consulting clients that, that pay good money. And I don't get what I want out of it, which is weird. Um, I, yeah, I'm helping them, but it, it's not scalable. It's not impactful. Um, mm -hmm. I think the next thing for, for small business surgeon as a brand is to, is to, is to keep obviously doing the podcasts and, and to go to appear on more podcasts, but really like look at how I can have an impact from a, uh, from a group coaching standpoint, lower the price down, make it in that $500 a month range, and really like give to as many entrepreneurs as possible um, over the course of the month by, you know, pouring directly into them on, on Zoom and in group coachings and stuff. I think that's where the brand's going to go for me. Um, but this is my um, this is my passion project. I mm -hmm. enjoy my podcast. I love that's doing good. it. I love I giving. I don't run any commercials on it. I really don't sell stuff on it. You know, I'd, I'd love to sell a phone site subscription every now and again, or <laughs> or plug Rate Tracker for Adam Neese or any of that kind of stuff. But you know, it's, yeah. it, this is my this is my passion project, and um, I don't know that I will push it to because you know you put a, a hundred people in in five different coaching groups and you run fifty thousand dollars a month right there. But I don't mm -hmm. know that I want to do that. You know, I've got I've got my feet in uh, in a lot of different little fingers and a lot of pies and I, I i've got multiple streams of income going on and i'm just i'm dude i'm as happy as can be man so I will, i'm, I'm I will gonna i'm gonna let the i'm gonna let the world guide me man i'm just gonna throw it out there and see where see where see where we go you, i'm gonna tell you something that i have seen and i've been watching your journey man is that the contribution that you're making the value in the contribution that you're making is priceless I hope so, so for somebody, dude. Yeah, I hope somebody that up. any kind of financial <laughs> remuneration in terms of what you're doing. And I, one of the things I do know is that a part of these relationships is that, you know, you got a network of great influencers, mm -hmm. some very yeah. powerful international influencers that you connect with on a regular basis. <laughs> and one of the things that my commitment is that as people like yourself say, okay, I'll put my hand up. I want to help. Dude, I'm going I'm to hold you to the fire. Accountability <laughs> is one of our things yes, that sir. we thrive on here at Apex. Yeah. Don't say it if you ain't gonna do it. Well, when you um, say it, dude, we gonna get it done because I'm accountable 
I'm accountable to humanity as you are. But you're doing some mighty works, man. Some mighty works. Thank you. Thank you. I got I got a whole bunch of people holding me accountable over at Apex. Um, <laughs> that's what they're there for. You know, I was uh, I was hanging out with uh, with a bunch of the Goon Squad guys the other night mm -hmm. uh, after uh, after the execs meet up, and uh, I managed to I managed to get involved in a five thousand dollar bet that the, uh, the <laughs> that my first book would be published before August. So um, yeah, okay. I, I better get to work on that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned the Goon Squad because mm -hmm. they're actually going to have probably their inaugural Apex Live event on the third of February. Yes, sir. Goon Squad is going to be here in Dallas, and if you can get in, get in where you fit in, because they're going to be here in Dallas on the 3rd of February. Of you know year. what? I'm, I'm going to make sure that this episode airs right before that. I'm going to actually I'm going to bump some stuff around, because there's people in front of you now. The 3rd is a Thursday, so I'm going to make sure this airs on Monday the 31st, which is a couple of weeks from now, so we get an extra plug for the Goon Squad, because number one, I love those guys, um, but we actually, uh, Brian and I, Brian Lewis and I have a, a podcast we do Monday evenings, and uh, we interviewed Thomas Keenan on it last night, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we had Chris Whitehead on it the week before, and I think um, I think Drewby's up next week, and Brian McKittrick's up uh, the week after, so uh, all in a run-up to Goon Squad Live, which, which I will be at. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm being an exec. I'll, I'll be there for the flying Friday the day after. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, really, I really respect the uh, camaraderie, but also the accountability, dude, because those dudes ain't playing. No, uh -uh. <laughs> they're like, OK, they they push in the, the envelope, man. And I that that I just dig that because it, like, it makes you want to do better. It raises the bar. You know, like I can tell you, you tell Mike Claudio or, or, or Thomas keenan or chris whitehead you're gonna do something dude it, it's better to just just do it and and get the blood on your hands rather than you'll never you'll never run far enough you can't let you can't you can't let those guys down no you got to produce um yeah. and 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 i love i love the accountability i i do i love it it's uh honestly man the change i've seen i, I don't want this to be an hour-long apex commercial because it, it really isn't i want it to be more about you and your works within apex the change that it's made in me in the last 20 months has just been been incredible um what are some of the the standout changes that you see uh occurring in entrepreneurs as they come through the program dude tell me a little bit about well, that well i'm gonna tell you the greatest one of the most phenomenal changes was the transformation i saw in ryan stewart right mm -hmm. because as a leader you know ryan's a hothead he's got a he's got a plan he won't take action you know but at some point in time he reached the place where he started listening to the audience, started really listening. What do people need, right? It's one thing to get out here, you're selling a product or a service mm -hmm. and you just want to run your numbers up, run the scoreboard up. There's another thing when you genuinely want to help this person right. create a better outcome and you start listening. From that is what I've seen the transformation that has taken place in the whole Apex community because as you listen to what the needs of the community are, they will tell you where the cutoff man is, what we drop in the ball, what needs to be adjusted. And this is one of the things that why I'm so stoked about working with the young entrepreneurs, because after coming through the pandemic, a lot of the people who have businesses mm -hmm. were, were difficult trying to get employees, 
<laughs> competent employees that would stick with the companies, right? Right, right, right. So one of the natural fits, and I heard this conversation happen at one of the uh, executive events was, you know, you need to grow your own. Mm. You need to find the young ones that have an interest in the niche or industry that you're in that you can cultivate that will fit within your company's culture yes. that will be there for the long haul and contribute their own ingenuity to help you continue to grow and scale. And it's like the thought never dawned on some people that do. Our acres of diamonds are right in front of us. Yeah, no, I absolutely do. I mean, I have the most success with raw talent that has the right core values. If they're right in the middle, if they're right in their heart, we can train mm -hmm. them anything. We like yeah. it, it, it's it's having the desire to succeed, and it's having the 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 same core values as us already established. You know, um, leave everything better than you found it. Show up on time. Do what you say mm -hmm. you're going to do. Be coachable. Be humble. Right. Own your mistakes. That those core values that we operate on. If a kid has those core values, I don't care what their skill sets are. We're going to find a place for them and we're going to train them and develop them ourselves. And, and that way, I'm getting malleable young minds that I can mold in the way that I want. And in return, I'm helping them to get the life that they want. I'm helping them to build their life. This isn't like a job. Um, yeah. we, we do life together. I spend so much time with these guys. They have to fit. They have to be the right fit. And you know, I, couldn't do, I couldn't do a tenth of the shit I do without my team. Man, they mm. are so valuable and they are so good. And all this this podcast produces itself. I don't touch it. You know, it, it's wonderful, the team I've got. But they're all working with me towards a common goal. And then they're all working towards their own individual goals as well. And there's paths for them. Every single key player in my organization is either vested or has a path to vesting. Like, mm. you know, I'm trying to make this... This is this is our mission. We're all going to work together, and we're all going to make the world a better place. Mm. And the guys that buy in, you can train the skill sets. You just can't train the core values or the desire. So, uh, I want to share one idea with you. I know we yeah. got out on time, but we, yeah, we got to, we got a couple minutes. Yeah, that uh, one of the things that happened when I first started this journey is I was an artist in in school, college, mm -hmm. high school. I was an artist, had some awards, whatever. But I never really wanted to be a starving artist. So I always associate <laughs> that word starving. But I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Starving artist. NFTs, <laughs> man. NFTs. Get yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole different game now. But it is time, now, yeah. When I abandoned the, the art, I remember, you know, I started making this shift in my life. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's possible. Anything I want to do can be possible. So I started drawing again. And I created a, uh, a, a piece of machinery for a drafting board at the time. I think it was in my 20s when I did this. Mm -hmm. And I did it because there were lines that I was trying to create that the drafting boards that I was purchasing didn't have the capacity to create. So I created my own tool. And I thought to myself, I said, it would really be cool if I knew where to go or who I could talk to that would help me bring this to market. Mm -hmm. And it, I was up in the middle of the night, must've been about two o'clock in the morning. And I remember as if it were audible voice. When I asked that question, he says, whatever you would have men do unto you, do that for other people. And that's what really lit the fire under me to say, dude, if I help somebody make their dream come true, it's like, imagine this. Let's mm -hmm. say you got Aladdin's lap. Mm -hmm. You got three wishes. Yeah. My third wish would be for some more wishes, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so this for me, if I help somebody else make their dream come true, it's like, I'm getting a wish. Yeah. I'm, that's my, I'm, 
I'm actually vicariously experiencing their joy. No, because you, I mean, it's absolutely joy. right. Yeah. It's a, and the way this boils down, Robert, the, the simplest way that I can see it is if you want every single person to be happy to see you and smile when they see you, the first thing you have to do is be happy to see them and smile when you see them. And I mean, you, you, you're, you're a perfect example or, or Danny Galvez, perfect example. Yeah. Like, because you carry yourself into that conversation with a big smile and it's genuine. And the people I'm around are all happy to see me. They all smile back because why? Because I come at them first with that mm. smile. And that, that's the simplest way to explain that you get what you want out of life by giving it first. Like, Dude, that's, just give it. that's profound, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and smiles are contagious too. So yeah. if you make somebody smile, chances are the next conversation they have, they're going to lead with a smile as well. So you, it mm -hmm. never just stops at one. You're right. My man, we're about up on time. But <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Dude, before we clock out, um, tell me the name of your book and tell everybody where they can find you online and where they can follow you, dude. Okay. Uh, the name of the book is The Greatest Sales Training in the World. You can find it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, Robert Nelson, the personal Apex Concierge. I encourage you to reach out to um, myself, Sam, or anybody in the network, because my objective is to help as many people as possible become the mm -hmm. most elite versions of themselves. And it's not about, it's not fictitious, because I want to be a contributing force just like you are for good, man. So feel free to reach out to me. That's the plan. All right, we will put those in the uh, in the show notes. We'll put all your socials up there so people can follow you. And please go and check out his book. I know I'm going to. Um, I will add it to the stack on my coffee table. It's, uh, <laughs> dude, for every one I read, I pick up three more. It's like, come on, how you get through them? But um, no, I'm looking forward to digging into that and actually learning um, some of the lessons of the, how do you say it? Akashic? Akashic. Akashic. Akashic learning some of the the, uh, the the lessons of the Akashic records that Robert has uh, opened up my mind to. So, Robert, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I, I didn't know what I was in for, Sam. Was, <laughs> you, you a deep dude, man. You a deep dude. I appreciate you, man. Oh, it's, it's all good, man. Guys, do me a favor. Run on over to uh, the show notes. Check out Robert's socials. Give him a follow and uh, pick up a copy of his book. And as always, if you have enjoyed the show, if it's made you think a little bit, made you laugh, made you cry, uh, do us a favor. Post a review on iTunes. It helps get the word out, helps spread the show. And uh, show us a little love. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. And uh, as always, I will be back this Friday with Friday Fire. You'll uh, do the right thing. Be good. Stay safe. And have a great week. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.